amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Hello, broads. Hi, broads. We're back. Um, yeah. Back in action. Another Thursday episode. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. Me too. I feel like it's, I like the balance between having our like gossipy, tea filled bachelor moments and then yeah. having our little more heart to heart. Yeah, I mean, it's nice for once a week when we don't have to just sit around and shit on everyone <laughs> on TV for an hour and a half. So and I then like, feel like garbage after. Yeah, exactly. And just, what did I say about who? Exactly. <laughs> holding my breath for the next three days. Like, is anyone going to explode on me on social media? No, we made it through another another week. Okay, (laughs) and on to Thursday. And now let's talk about nice, beautiful things together. Yeah, I don't think what we're talking about today is necessarily so nice and pretty, you know. I wouldn't say that, you know, it's wrapped in a bow and it's beautiful. (laughs) No, this is going to be an interesting uh, topic, a topic that's a first for us, really. Before we Um, get into it, do we have any business to attend to? business i mean just same old same old smash sub- subscribe on youtube <laughs> smash subscribe uh, on youtube review rate and review please merch merch is available yeah also i was just thinking about you know we were we were joking around you know because bethany has her skinny girl uh brand oh, and God. we were like oh should we do um tipsy broads should we have our own alcohol line or i just thought of one because i am drinking a beer right now broad brews oh pretty good right? that's good yeah as a as a non-alcohol drinker well no no false what no no, no. i mean spirits <laughs> spirits i can't liquor? drink i can't drink liquor neither can grayston really yeah does oh yeah he gets really sick too huh we've talked yeah. about this um yes i get very ill but i can drink beer and wine so i can go. get I cheers could do to a broad brew a broad but tipsy brew. broads could cover any any means of that alcohol. W- that'll be the uh the mothership and then we'll have broad brews below yeah there we go yeah. uh by the way we were i was getting thumbs up uh hand signals <laughs> when i said broad brews from our lovely guests today yes. round of applause yay, yay, yay. Hi. so we have maddie and scout from okay sis podcast Sisters. 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 Yeah. It's like what we like to say. Okay, so give us a little blurb about your podcast. Yeah, what's like the what's the the tag line? The tagline. Yeah. Um so okay, sis is a podcast. We are sisters IRL. Um love this. We interview a rad female guest every single episode. We talk about our current fixations. We're very phasey people. So Mm. we talk about things that we're currently obsessed with and just Check us out for some rad female vibes. Yeah, so we like female entrepreneurs for the most part. So oh, CEOs, cool. people who have started their own companies. We like kind of getting down into the nitty gritty about how they got to where they got, 
how their rise to whatever successes that they've had has been. So it's been it's been nice to kind of keep it in the female kind of. I love that. Yeah, you said you do only female. We do guests. only women guests. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your favorite okay. guest that you've had on so far? Oh my god, probably Pia Robio. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't know if you guys know uh-uh. the label Fangirl. LPA. Yes. She, yes. So she's the creator and the designer of it. Cool. She was oh, rad. Amazing. She was yeah. so rad. We had such a great conversation with her. She really opened up. Yeah. Um, also, I was saying this before. I apologize for how I look on this YouTube. <laughs> we oh forgot. We forgot. forgot that the YouTube was an aspect. We look like schmucks. We were yeah, talking we about like this. Schmucks. No, first of all, gorgeous. Second, Second we I, were talking about this the other day because we were like, we're used to being in our pajamas and not having any cameras, a dimly lit studio with maybe yes. a candle. Yeah. So we're still getting used to being like on camera. I mean, <laughs> Jess always looks pretty killer. And people who are listening, if you haven't I watched our YouTube. You gotta go watch the YouTube because she always has a cool outfit. She's rocking in all mustard yellow with some platform patent leather shoes with a pink pink bottoms. They the mi- so the cool. minute I saw you, I was like, damn girl. Oh, and can you cuss on this podcast? Yes, absolutely. Okay. No. Please, as much <laughs> as you making want. Sure. Yes. Oh my god, Jess, we're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> oh my god, stop, stop. <laughs> it's part of our like lexicon. We have to cuss. We like oh we like oh, tell our fine. guests as a rule, like rule number one, you can cuss on And we podcast. encourage it. Oh, yeah. see, I love that. Sometimes we get, first of all, thank you so much for the compliments. I feel very large and my heart is warm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, we tell, or we get, we get comments sometimes saying... You guys, you curse too much. I do, I do no. curse a little. I do curse a little gratuitously. Sometimes it'll be like the motherfucker, fucking, and I do understand how that can be annoying. Because no, I've even listened to some podcasts myself where I'm like, you know, when the person uses it like a filler word, mm, yeah, that okay. can get yeah, on yeah, my yeah. nerves. I used to have to do so many push-ups in high school because every time I cussed, my PE coach would make me do ten push-ups oh my per so letter funny. of what? the cuss word, and he was like, <sighs> "Ladies." Don't cuss. You're not a sailor. Oh, I'm whoa. like, bitch. Maybe I'm a sailor. Maybe Stop. I'm a sailor. So the men who wouldn't do this too? No, just me. And I, wow. I had to do push-ups all the time. Hey, but I guess you got freaking fucking yes, ripped. I got jacked. Ripped. Yeah, no, I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> She's like, Scout has never done a push-up in the past ten years. There's no way, dude. I'm going to personal training right now, and I've gone for six weeks, and I still can't do a push-up. Wow, good Keep for going, you girl. for going for six weeks. So you know, impressive, right? You know what right? I did do? Baby? I'm going to brag about this. I, you know how... Um, <laughs> Pull-ups. Pull-ups. No, no, no. Oh, oh. oh, I can only do a couple, but... Oh, that's, that's a lot. But get this. They have um, like a test where you have to hold the chin up with your chin at your... Like that for as long as you can, you know, hanging onto the like pole. A, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like you're doing a pull-up, but you're just at the top. Yes, you're just right. at the top. Right, right. I set the record for the men and the women in the <gasps> gym. Back Look at you go. I got 104 seconds and my biceps were were killing me for days. I'm impressed. Can you lean your chin on the pole though? I was, I'm, (laughs) bitch, I am not joking. I was, I was like, maybe I can just take off some of the weight. Yeah, I was going to say. Because I feel like that would be easier. And then I realized very quickly my neck was far less stronger than my biceps. And I was like, this is the last one. I'm going to choke myself to death right now trying to beat this record. But I did it. Wow. Wow. Good for you. I'm very impressed. Thank you. That was my breath Um, Well, before we hop into more, we do have to know, we have the question for everyone. All of our guests. Oh, wait. Um, Before you ask that, I was going to ask what their sign was, and then I noticed you have a, you literally have a necklace that says Virgo. I am a Virgo, yes. Scout's a Virgo, and so I just have to know real quick, Maddie, what's your sign? Cancer. 
Cancer. Oh. So we don't, or I don't know okay. anything about astrology. So please oh. diagnose me. Uh, you know what? This is so embarrassing because I was on a podcast recently. Like one of them was a cancer and I was like, I know a lot about signs. And then she's like, I'm a cancer. And I was like, like I, I don't, don't know, know that much about cancers. I don't. Really? Yes, okay. Know. Well, I know a little bit about cancers. I was a cancer, so I'm already biased. Yikes. Really? Okay. So cancers are emotional but Check. it's the typical like the shell thing right so you'll show your emotion to a certain extent but if you're ever hurt absolutely not you retreat into that shell okay. you've got your pinchers it's like back off and we in, this is so we scary. just had a conversation because mads just had a breakthrough in therapy about how she is emotional but then when does not feel but her I, emotions. I shelter the like you're Deep protecting motion. your heart with your yes. shell. Oh Holy my gosh. Yeah. Dude. Am I into astrology now? Well, that's why the <laughs> cancer is. Maybe it's your new thing. <laughs> cancer is a crab, right? Yeah. So that's yes. why you're using the like your pincers and your heart. Oh, yeah. Shell. I love that. I'm picking the up metaphor. What you're putting down. The metaphor. Um, yeah, now maybe that's going to be your new thing. Oh but then God. you have to find out about your moon sign and your rising yeah, sign. I need, and yeah, all this. I need to do all that. Yeah. We have to your do rising the is yeah. apparently like what you actually are. This is what an astrologer told me. She said okay. it's it's like who you really are like, really yeah she said it's, it, tell, it like tells more about you than than the she said what's, it's the, like your what's inner the normal being, one and then your sun, sun sign sun that's sign. that's the one everyone talks about yeah. she said the sun sign is sort of how everyone else sees you i guess mm-hmm. and then your rising is more of like your inner person but i'm aquarius rising and aquarius sun so <laughs> what you see is what you get <laughs> double bitches. aquarius oh yeah. i didn't know you could be double Oh, well, yeah. I, I'm like very ignorant about this. Okay, great. Anyway, you should dive in. I but should. that's not the question I was going to ask before oh. I so rudely interrupted okay. her. What are you going to ask? Dare you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so all of our guests, we have to know. You're on death row. What's your final meal? Oh, a bean and cheese burrito with an extra side of sour cream. From where? Okay. Uh, there's this the great answer. Mexican restaurant next to my house, which I don't know the name, which is very inconvenient because whenever <laughs> I'm drunk, I have to figure it out and I figure it out. <laughs> is it one of those little time. holes in the walls that doesn't really have a sign prominently yes. displayed? Yes. Uh-huh. Those are the best. Those are the best. So the best. I feel you. That is my favorite meal, Mads. Um, I'm going to have to say pizza. So I have a Finsta called Mayo with Pizza. Mayo is my last name. Oh, I was like, oh, no. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> this is not going well. I do not have the same feeling. <laughs> um, and it's just me drunk eating pizza. Stone. And nice. um, yeah, pizza's been my, it's kind of like my essence a little bit. What it's pizza from where? Well, I'll just get it from anywhere when I'm, you know. What's your favorite thing? though? But just like just cheese. I can't get anything on it dude i love some mushrooms and anchovies on my pizza but anchovies. i love anchovies have you guys tried pizzana in brentwood nope no guys you gotta go it's from the girl that started sprinkles which doesn't really seem like it'd be like a good correlation but it but is sprinkles great is good but it's, yeah it's love like a sprinkles. different little category but it's great honestly i don't know when the last Ooh. time was i was in brentwood though so i know it's, it's a, it's a venture john and vinny's is also oh, john yeah, and i love vinny's. john and vinny's i work so hard with the mushrooms Yeah. So Mads um, put us down for reservation for John and Vinny's, and then she canceled it because we were on what diet were we? We were on keto. We were on keto, and she canceled. (laughs) Like you have to ask what diet? You canceled our reservation. It's L.A. This is this is the most L.A. conversation. (laughs) What? Were we on keto or paleo? Yeah. Yeah, No, I was going to say paleo, but I was like, um, I think that's the right one. Yeah. No, that that was short lived for sure. That was very short lived. Oh yeah. I can only do that for about five seconds. Wait, what were your guys's? Chuck E. Cheese pizza. 
Oh, okay. Ooh. Always. But always yeah. and forever. Dude, yes. Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so good. So good. It's Damn. so good. Yeah. I don't even remember what mine was. It's not, it depends on I my mood. I know. I, was, I don't I, uh, remember what you said either. I'm a bad friend. I don't know what I'm going to bring you on death row. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, because I'd be just so anxious. I'd be puking my guts out. I think maybe that was your answer, that you wouldn't eat anything. Yeah, I get the nervous shits. So mm. I just like, when I'm anxious about anything, I just cannot stomach anything. And I'm just like a laxative. You know, the, the last time I had the nervous shits? When? Before we had our podcast with Nick. <laughs> Are you serious? That's so embarrassing. Don't admit that. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. Oh my God, please keep it in. <laughs> I needed yeah. to. Uh, I needed to drink uh, numerous glasses of wine before in next episode. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of speaking of speaking of alcohol, um, don't you just love when you get a, a frosty beer bottle or a cold glass of rosé in the sun, and in five minutes it's warm and weird? Mm, love that. Love that. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, neither did Dylan, the founder of Brewmate. Thank you, Dylan. Brewmate's stylish, insulated drinkware is designed to keep your favorite beverages ice cold all day long. Whatever your taste in beer, wine, or spirits, Brewmate makes sure every sip is the perfect temp. And their products are actually gorgeous. Whatever color or finish you could imagine is available for your drinkware on their website. So I recently got the Brewmate wine insulator and uncorked wine glasses, and they come in this really cute bundle. And I brought them on a little family picnic, and uh, they were absolutely perfect. The wine insulator fits a full bottle of wine, and it's shaped like a bottle of wine. It's so cute. And it includes a silicone funnel for easy transferring. It maintains the perfect temperature for over 24 hours. And the uncorked wine glasses are the largest insulated wine glasses in the world. Fitting over wow. a half a bottle of wine in what? one of the glasses, which is my type of wine glass. Um, and it comes with a splash-proof lid. You don't have to worry about broken bottles or tickets for bringing glass into a glass-free zone. It's amazing. Um, so I had my perfectly chilled rosé ready to be drank at the park. And I got it in this marble white finish. It was adorable. Love so it. So cute. Well, don't settle for warm alcohol. I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. Mm-mm. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. Visit brewmate.com. That's B-R-U-M-A-T-E. And add code chatty to get 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to B-R-U-M-A-T-E.com and add code chatty. Thank you, Brewmate. Great. So after that fun, long shit, astrology, pizza moment, um, we are here because we wanted to talk with uh, Maddie and Scout. We uh, listened to their podcast. Really enjoy it, by the way. Everyone should check it out. Um, But we ended up seeing that Scout uh, struggles with bipolar disorder. Um, and so I reached out to her and I said, would you be comfortable speaking about it? And you were so lovely to say yes. Um, and I don't know, I've, I've mentioned it, uh, maybe once or twice on my Instagram stories. I don't think that I have ever mentioned it on the podcast. No, and we have Um, not really even talked about it at all. We haven't really talked about it, but I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, I'm 30 now when I was, I think 21. Mm. Um, so I thought this was the perfect two guests to have a conversation about mental illness. Um, I know that a lot of our broads have reached out and uh, wanted to hear about it. They've wanted to 
uh, share with us some of their struggles. Um, we have a lot of listeners who struggle with anxiety and depression. And when I posted on my Instagram stories that I had bipolar disorder, more people than I thought <laughs> ended up reaching out to me saying that they also uh, have bipolar disorder. So, um, yeah, I thought it would be a, a really good a really good time to talk about it and share. Um, and as we move forward on this episode too, I just want to say, number one, we're not doctors. I'm not a psychiatrist. Amen. Um, I yeah. am, I'm not an expert. Um, we can only, you know, really speak for our own experience. Um, so if you are struggling with mental health, please see, see a professional, but we just wanted to have a really open conversation about it. And, um, you know, destigmatize. Yeah, and also I was just going to say for people who don't have insurance might not be able to see someone on their insurance. Mm. Actually, I just know even through googling, I don't know any resources offhand, but I know that if you can google free mental health counseling mm-hmm. or mental you, you know, you can find information that way for anyone who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. Um so do you mind uh Jumping in and kind of sharing your story. Yes. Well, and I also just wanted to start by kind of asking both of you because I, I really, I also am interested to hear from you, Maddie, what it's like being very close to someone who has bipolar disorder. I'm sure you guys have grown up together all your lives and I, I don't have anyone close to me who that I know of, uh, that struggles with bipolar disorder, but I have had friends and I know that just, it can be really, really difficult, especially if somebody is undiagnosed Mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing, um, or in denial, what exactly can you both talk about what is bipolar disorder? Cause I know a lot of people will say, Oh, you know, he or she is so bipolar and you're just up and down all day. But I know just from online research, it's not like, it's not just about being like one moment you're in a good mood, one moment you're in a bad mood. Like you can have whole manic episode, you know, can you talk about what, what exactly bipolar disorder is? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people can confuse bipolar disorder with being like bitchy or happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think actually moves toward the multi-personality disorders. Mm -hmm. So when you're bipolar, you go through stages of depression and you go through stages of mania. Um, I have bipolar type two disorder, which leans more heavily towards the depression side. Type one leads more heavily towards the mania side. Okay. So I, um, experience, um, stages of hypomania. So when I was 14 years old, I had my first depressive episode. Uh, my first boyfriend broke up with me and my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and I started, uh, cutting myself. I started restricting food. And when I did eat, I would throw up and, uh, the school, my, my high school soon found out what was going on and they contacted my parents and my parents, uh, sat me down and put me into therapy. I was in therapy, uh, ever since I've been 14 years old, I've had like five different therapists due to insurance changes, move changes, et cetera. And, um, I went really up and down throughout high school. And then, um, when I was 18, I left my home to go to college and I started developing a sense of paranoia. So I felt that men were under my bed, in my closet, on my balcony, waiting to rape and kill me. And I remember not being able to move a muscle because I was so afraid. It was as if it was a real situation. Mm. And that was my first experience with psychosis. Mm. Um, When I was 21, no, sorry, 20, I was 
formally diagnosed with bipolar disorder or manic depressive disorder. And I was going to school at Sarah Lawrence College in New York at the time. And the minute I found out, I called my dad and I was on the next plane home. And um, for the next year and a half, I had to live at home. I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't go to school. I was completely unfunctioning. I was 5150. And for those that don't know, it's when um, they place you on a psychiatric hold in the hospital for 24 to 72 hours because you are deemed a liability um, to yourself and to others of society. And that was um, a pretty devastating time for me. And um, in from 21 to 27, I've dealt with hypomania. I've dealt with catatonia, which is when you lose all motor skills and you actually become paralyzed for, um, it happens to me from 10 minutes to about five hours where I can physically not move. And I was rushed to the ER many times because of it. They thought it was a neurological disorder, but it ended up just being a component of my bipolar disorder. Um, I've dealt with uh, psychosis in the sense of paranoia and I hear voices in my head that tell me to kill myself. Um, luckily I found my husband who is eight years sober Mm -hmm. and he introduced me to a world of recovery. And Mm -hmm. so, um, through his teachings and his experience, I've been able to get myself the right tools, get myself the right resources, get myself the right therapist that challenges me. Mm -hmm. And I've been able, been able to hold a job now Mm -hmm. for about three years And, um, I mean, I would personally not to toot my own horn, but I would say I'm flourishing, uh, regardless, (laughs) (laughs) regardless of the ups and downs that I do experience. Um, I've had to miss two days of work this year because of my bipolar disorder. And I find that to be an incredible, um, progress. Um, and I think Mads can talk a little bit more about what it's like to, to watch this. Cause I, I, I oftentimes text her. And it's scary because I'll text her and tell her voices are telling me to kill myself. And that's something that she needs to deal with on her end. Yeah. So we just we did a whole deep dive into mental health on our podcast and we talked about this. And it's kind of strange because we never actually had talked it through between the between both of us. And I think, you know, growing up. Um, my mental health was definitely put on the back burner by my parents. I mean, rightfully so. Scout was obviously had a mental illness. May I ask who's yeah. older or who's younger? Uh, Scout, Scout, I'm older. Okay. I'm three years older. Three years older. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, growing up, I am much more, I would say lively and louder than <laughs> Scout. I think it's pretty clear. Um, and so I was always perceived as the positive, the happy, the just like, if Maddie comes into a room, it's going to be fun. It's going to be energized. Um, I didn't really have space to wallow or be sad about my own emotions. I remember my dad asking me, like, do you even know, like, and not, not in a patronizing way, but he was like, do you even know what an anxiety, what anxiety feels like? Um, and I was like, I mean, yeah, but I guess not because that's not as severe as, as scouts. Um, it may not manifest itself in the same kind exactly. of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, I thought that I didn't have anxiety or depressing thoughts or things like that, which everyone does. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, you know, I, and I didn't want to make it about myself because she was in a very, very dark and difficult place. And I also, um, what I've begun to realize through therapy is I, and as you so perfectly pointed out about my cancer (laughs) aura is I shield myself for Mm -hmm. sure 
from that, from those uh, traumatic thoughts. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to stay in them and to uh, connect with them and honor them without judgment. When I'm in um, a state of misery, I tend to just like, I'm like, okay, what, what, what can I do to make myself feel better? All right, let's go work out. Okay. Let's go, um, put on a podcast. Like, let's go away from it. I never confront it and just sit in it. And that's, you know, I wanted to bring this up and Becca, you had said about the whole social media aspect of it all self-care. And it's so unfortunate that this is like such a annoying buzzword right now that's that's associated with face masks yes exactly exactly it's it's somehow become into this glittery super trite exactly Mm -hmm. and um you know so i i think it needs a rebrand in my opinion and i like to call it self um preservation or self improvement Um, or self like actualization if you want to even go that far but just just kind of like repurposing it because it's it's not sexy to do self-care. Like it is really hard and it's hard work. If you're doing like the real, like real, like what you're talking about, which exactly. is self-actualization, not mm-hmm. like painting me, your nails. Exactly. And Let me just music, go in a bubble which is, bath, which is nice. Which is, is great. There's which you still me, need, but it's I, engage, very I fully engage in all the Instagram <laughs> propaganda. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> but it, but I was masking it. I was putting a bandaid on it. I wasn't actually sitting mm-hmm. and wallowing in which it. Which can be so painful and uncomfortable. So painful. Like it's not like therapy isn't fun. Like no. going through <laughs> digging into your emotions isn't ter- sexy. Exactly. Yeah. I'm afraid to go to my therapist because she whips me into shape yeah. every time. Which is amazing, by the Which way. I love when you said that, that you had a therapist who challenges you. Yeah. Really she does not that. let me go for two seconds, man. She is on top of me. Sometimes I'm no. like, oh, fuck, I gotta go no. to therapy. Yeah, it's really important no. to get a therapist who's right for you in whatever stage of life you're right. in. If you need someone who's going to be more gentle, who's mm-hmm. maybe being like, okay, Maddie, like you need to like go inward a therapist who listen. knows what you need exactly yeah, that's what I mean. so yeah. it's like for you you know i need someone to put you need someone to push you i know for me i need the same thing i need a therapist who pushes me but like maybe you're gonna need mm-hmm. something or someone who's telling you to just be quiet and be alone with yourself right. and chill yeah. out and it's okay and it's just okay sit there and it's <laughs> i mean yeah and it's it's terrifying like yeah. and i think that's something i've come to term with terms with is i you know as Scout mentioned, our mom has MS. Scout mm. is Scout. <laughs> she has all this shit with her. And then um, <laughs> we have a drinking game on our podcast, Whoever. by the way. Every time I say bipolar, you have to take a shot because oh, no, I, like people stop. are just wasted all the time. Like she literally says it. But also our parents got divorced uh, when I was in high school. So it was mm. a lot um, for me. And um, I never really addressed it. And mm-hmm. I think it's coming up now kind of and in ways i wasn't expecting it to Mm -hmm. um but no back to you know what scout's saying and being really really quickly what something that i've i've noticed as time's gone by in the beginning i didn't want to lean on maddie because she's my younger sister Mm. was that a pride thing so it's it's a it's a maternal instinct Mm -hmm. to not to protect her to Mm -hmm. not let her i remember i was 51 50 the day of her graduate the night before her graduation And I called her crying, say I'm in the hospital. And she didn't understand why I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I sweet talked my way out of 5150 
so I could go to her graduation. I told the psychiatrist it was a misunderstanding. I was totally fine. I went through this whole thing with him and he let me out, thank God. But for a long, long time, I viewed myself as a maternal figure over my sister. And it's only until recently that I've been able, I think, to... To, to rely on her as a support system. And I think that was also my doing because um, I might have been a little removed and re- and tried to distract myself from it. I think sometimes I think, oh, if I just don't confront it, then it doesn't, it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with my mom's disease. I have a very hard way of confronting it. Um, but I, I, yeah, over the years, I think um, I've learned that... Being on the other side of it, being that support system is it's equally important to check in with yourself if you're in that position. Can I ask you, Maddie, did you ever feel like parts of your childhood uh, or like relationship with your family were hijacked at all by your sister's bipolar disorder? Totally. Yeah. And I I feel like that's got to be something to deal with because like guilt of feeling that mm -hmm. way because you're like, this isn't my sister's fault, Mm -hmm. but also like. It's all, uh, I can just, I'm, I'm just imagining how that might play out in like right. family dynamics. Of yeah. Like- and I, yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. again, it was that pressure for me to be the happy one and to mm-hmm. me to kind of balance it out. Um, and I think that's where the mask of positivity has erupted my whole life. People, when they see me, they're like, oh my God, Maddie, she's so fun. She's loud. She's great. Like, and I'm just like, oh, like, I'm just kind of like emotional like everyone else. And I have these things to have to go to go through. But yeah, no, definitely. I think my mental health very much so was not a priority, mm-hmm. I think, growing up. Which yeah. makes me sad. I know. <laughs> no, but I, I I've just, been wanting her to get into therapy for years. I also years. refused. I was like, I, I also thought I was okay. Like, I was like, oh, therapy's for people like Scout. Like, she's the one that gets to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like that. And I, yeah, I definitely judged it. And I also judged the disease itself. I didn't, absolutely. I I didn't realize it was a disease for the longest time. I thought she was like some sort of deficiency. Yeah. Like I was like character deficiency. Yeah. I was like, get up, get up. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Go, go out. Why don't you just like work out or do yoga? Cause like yoga makes me feel better. So like, why doesn't that? (laughs) No. And I was victim to that. Yeah. Yeah, No, I did. This is resonating with me because my little sister is two years younger than me. So we're Mm. kind of in the opposite situation. My little sister deals with a myriad of different mental health issues. And it was something that my my family kind of like pushed down where it was sort of, we all had that view kind of, of Mm -hmm. like, well, you just need to stop spending screen, like so much time in front of the screen. You just need to like get outside and be more active. Like you need to stop being lazy. And like, why do you sit in your room all day on your computer on Tumblr? Like that's your issue. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's something that I've had to work through even in just the past couple years instead of being like, well, why don't you try some ashwagandha and get your ass outside? You know, because I no, am yeah. the same way you are where I'm like, let's attack this shit and like, let's solve let's it, do it. Yeah. and be done with it. Yeah. And guess what? That means we don't struggle with depression because mm-hmm. when you're depressed, you don't have any kind of motivation to brush your teeth. To, to you know, to get out of bed, very much less like get your ass at the gym. Anyway, right? No, I'm just really resonating with what you're saying because yeah. I've I've experienced that. Yeah. And I know now that it, that's false, and yeah. it really suppresses people that need help. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. when I think about depression, I think that there's I've always described it as a monster inside mm-hmm. of me, clawing at my skin from the inside out. Oof. It's something Yikes. that is so 
overpowering and overwhelming and all encompassing. I mean, I would love to hear from you. What, what, yeah, ty- what type of bipolar are you? So I'm bipolar one. So okay. I'm, so we have, we're kind we of like on the opposite. Swapped, yeah. yeah. So when I was, um, very similar age to you, when I was about 13, um, I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder and that looked like, I mean, they could tell from a young age, um, you know, I'd be like six, uh, underneath my desk in my bedroom, like, like writing furiously, like nervous about whatever, like in you know, kindergarten. Yeah. Having like panic attacks about my homework already. Yeah. Um, and you know, my parents were always just like, well, you know how Jessica is, you know, <laughs> she's a real go getter. <laughs> exactly. Like always about those, like all the oh, stars, no. all the A's. And I've just like, you know, vigorously like, biting my nails, just like, oh. I want to just break out. Um, but it was like that typical like maybe she's like only child uh you know my sister and I have a huge age gap um so I was the only child at the time and um yeah they just looked at me as kind of like the offbeat one in the family Mm. um and then so I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder and then um it just started to get a little out of hand um I started dating my husband when we were in high school and I, at that point, was having panic attacks at least twice a week to the point where he would, like, drive me home from high school Mm. every single day. And that was already, like, a quote-unquote burden for him at that point in my life. And I will literally... He will always be like my hero because he had the love and like gratuity to stay with me through all of this. And it was a lot, as as you know, as uh, Maddie, as you know, Beck, I mean, when you have someone who has uh, mental illness, like it is a hefty burden. And we are also full of blessings, Scout, because I think we have a different level of empathy for people. But um, it does take it does take a lot for for those around us. Did you know what was going on with you at the time? Like, what did you think was happening? I um, that's a good question. I I didn't know anything other than how I felt. So it was just kind of like I'd, I'd look at people who tell me you should just stop drinking coffee and like calm down yeah. and you yeah. just you just relax. I'd be like. It's not, it's helpful. just not how it just doesn't work that way. Like I'm not anxious for any reason. I'm having a beautiful day. I'm at Disneyland and yet I am in the bathroom, like having a panic attack and I can't breathe. Like I have no, I have no idea why it's just as happening. I feel like I'm dying. And so, um, that was, uh, for years I had that and was, was it triggered by anything? Mm-mm. No, that's at the, at that's the, the problem with anxiety is sometimes yeah. when I have crippling because I was also diagnosed with general anxiety disorder sometimes when I have crippling anxiety people will try to get to the root of it mm. yeah <laughs> and that can be a little frustrating yeah and of course again if you don't have it of course you're going to want to get to the root of it because you're yeah. like I want to help fix you because yeah. for for people who don't struggle with bipolar disorder it's like there's usually something that's causing you to be depressed mm-hmm. or have there's anxiety exactly exactly trigger, because right? again like everyone feels anxiety and everyone feels depression these are like very real emotions but when it's a disorder it has it no it's rhyme, compl- or no rhyme or reason mm-hmm. it's out of control um you don't know when it's coming and so i had that for for numerous years and then i would say in about college age, I started to notice that I would have these whirlwinds of like mania where I would, it was like, at first it was just like, again, you know how Jess is (laughs) 
Like was I, the online shopping taking to the, the umpteenth? No, degree? it really was. That yeah, was a no. thing. Like Dude, I would go. I, that's immediately what I imagined. Oh no, I would go to the mall, and but it would be in a place where I felt like radical anxiety, and a way that I'd put a bandaid on is I would just blow tons of money shopping, and then it would be like, "What's wrong with me? Like, why did I just spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars that I don't have?" shopping and then I'd be like in the best mood and she just just talks a hundred miles an hour always and she's just kind of crazy but then it would at a moment's notice become like crazy anger Mm. and um screaming and yelling and that's so not me and I think that was then what scared me the most is that that's when I started to feel Mm. like I wasn't myself because I'm going something's very wrong I don't freak out at people. I don't scream at people. I don't lose it at a random person at a party. Like that's just not who I am. Um, and I can't imagine how scary that must feel to feel outside of your normal self. Like even just being postpartum, I was talking to you about how I was like, this doesn't feel like me. Why do I feel scared to go outside? Why do I feel frightened at a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel... And that yeah. was gone in five weeks, but that time was like shook That's me. That's a very real I cannot feeling. imagine yeah. it being like your life and there not being a reason. Like yeah. I didn't give birth to Did you child. relate more to your sister after you went through postpartum? Or were you just like, I kind of understand what you're going through yeah i did actually because i remember talking to her on the phone and i said um it's weird because i want to call people and talk on the phone with them and be social but then i don't want to so Mm. i don't it it was like this weird conflicting feeling inside of me where i was like i know this will make me feel better but But i I just just really don't want to and i can't that's such an interesting point because i was talking to someone after we recorded our episode about mental health, I had a friend that I haven't kept up with with a long time reach out to me and say that she's having mental illness issues. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to hop on a call and I am, let me just say this on this podcast, I'm here for anybody that is in a dire need of help and needs to speak to someone. I, my door is always open. On Insta, slide in her DM. <laughs> Look at her. Look at this bitch. Um, so we were talking and she said, do you ever find it difficult when you're in the thick of things to use your tools? And I said, when mm. you're in the thick of things, it's the hardest time to use your tools. You know what you need to do. You know what you should do because you've been there before. Mm-hmm. But it's so fucking and that's difficult. What, and that's what we talked about is I think as a person who has to be the support system. Mm -hmm. I think the most, and you can feel completely helpless. I usually do. Like when she's texting me these things, one, it's the whole layer of, I just don't want to like confront this because I don't want to become depressed if I, you know, read this text. But there's also this layer of, I don't know what to do say or help so if you're in a position like i am talk to the person that you care about and say what would help you in those moments and Mm -hmm. we talked about it and she said you need to remind me of your tools so i said okay can you go get cupping can you go do reiki can you walk around the block like what can you do right now to suppress a little bit of that emotion Mm -hmm. and And i know know what she needs so when she's having a bad day needs to vent she doesn't like it when people say oh i can totally relate this happened to me so we were just talking and she was telling me about her therapy breakthrough and all i wanted to say was oh my god i totally relate (laughs) yeah Okay, but I didn't say that. no. But I didn't say that because I know that it's it's a very individualized process, as, mm-hmm. as I'm sure just you know. Yeah, it's different people need different things, and so if I'm going to be there for my sister, I need to be there for her in a way. 
that she needs me to be there for How her. How special to have mm-hmm. each other where you oh, can yeah. text her and be completely honest with whatever whack shit you're dealing with mm-hmm. and feel comfortable doing that. And then you feel comfortable receiving that and also reciprocating when you need support as well. Took I mean, a while. Took a while to get there. But no, it's... it's and I want to dive into that later. How yeah. do you get to that point with yeah. someone where you can be on that level of like trust and mutual support? Well, yeah. that's really difficult. I had a really difficult time with my husband in the beginning. Mm. He took on a role of being my sponsor because that's the role he knew how to take on because he was in AA for eight years. Mm. And it it took us a lot of... A lot of conversations, a lot of tweaking, a lot of editing, a lot of maneuvering to I had to physically say, no, when I feel this way, I want you to say this. And when this happens, I want you to say this. And when this happens, I want you to do this. And it took a really long time for us to come to a place where he knew how to handle me. It was Mm. a huge learning process. Right. And if someone listening is like saying, I don't even know, like just know (laughs) A lot of times, this is years of therapy. You don't know what to ask for a lot. Mm -hmm. And that is why therapy is just so unbelievably important. We always say it should be a prerequisite for life. Like, I don't know. Every single person needs to be in therapy. Completely agree. I do agree. Yeah. 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 Completely. And I think that, like, I know for myself, it, it was, I didn't know what to ask for. Oh, yeah. Just finish your, Mm -hmm. finish your story. I think Um, we got off track. I'm trying to think college okay so college yeah yeah. and so that's when all the mania started to happen Mm -hmm. then i was having my uh depressive episode that would still come they wouldn't be nearly as extreme as my mania um but then i'd have you know like a month of mania and then i'd come crashing down and you know sleep for two weeks or whatever um and it was it was an episode a full blowout with my my husband that was at the time he wasn't my husband that caused me to go to a, a, a different psychiatrist because I'd just been taking my anxiety medication, wasn't doing the trick, clearly. Um, and so I, Evan and I, I'll never forget, we were in the parking lot and I was, um, we were in the parking lot because I had thrown myself out of our moving car um, because I was upset about something that was not like non-existent. I did struggle with, um, disassociation, which Mm. means that when I would have these like severe phases of mania, I, I wouldn't, I can't remember what happens. So I would say things that were like horrific to him and, um, I, I wouldn't recall and I wouldn't remember. And I, apparently I like threw myself out of vehicle and I came to, and I remember being in a parking lot, um, like freaking out at him and then he took me to the hospital and I was, uh, in a 5150, um, for them just to make sure that I was safe and everything. And they were like, you need to go to a psychiatrist. Like why, you know, why are you having these, these episodes? Like you say, you're on medication. Clearly, you know, something's not being diagnosed. Um, and so then when I went to the doctor, my, my new doctor, he said, you know, you have bipolar one and it literally like, I'll never forget the day because it just like fucked me up so bad because there is such a stigma that I'm just like, am I crazy? Like, I don't understand. Um, I don't feel crazy. Like sometimes I feel crazy, but I don't feel like I'm crazy. Like I can function. Um, and, uh, sorry. Um, I went home and Evan like took my face and was just like, 
<laughs> he said something like, you're not crazy to me. <laughs> I love your crazy. I love all your parts. And um, you, if you need to take whatever type of medication you need to take, do what you need to do to fix this problem. Um, because I know you and this isn't you right now. Mm. Um, <sighs> wow. Uh, what a gem. I know. That's yeah. so true, though. It's like that's not... You, you like he said it's like then that's what he always will joke about it now he's just like you still have your crazy parts and i love the crazy parts because they're fun but when you have when you're in the heat of of mental illness it it there is like you said this this monster inside of you this mask or cloak or something that that isn't you that's hiding you um and just a side note i've got, gotten comments before like from on our on our uh instagram or on um on reviews about like Jessica's obsessed with her husband, like, you know, whatever, making comments. About, oh my like, I don't God. say anything. I don't say anything negative. <laughs> Fuck about, off. I don't say anything negative about my husband. Let me say this. It's because he saved me. Yeah. So okay, there's this so forever. Evan is an angel. He's so an angel. Fuck everyone. But you know, but people are always like, show the real stuff. I'm like, I'll show the real. We'll talk about the real stuff. We fucking can I fight like it? cats and dogs, mm-hmm. but like he is like my hero. And I, and I do believe that, um, when you're, when you're talking Maddie with scout and, and for you with your sister regardless of what happens like you everyone has the opportunity I feel like to be like a hero to another person Mm. like you need a hero Maddie you need a hero Becca like we're all in this position where regardless of like where our mental health is at like I don't know just an encouragement to know that even if you think that like you know you check in on your friends that maybe you're doing something minuscule and odd, you know whatever you might be that person's You're hero making that day or you might be saving that, that person yeah. so you know i just want to say i mean first of all listening to your story it's bringing up a lot of emotions of familiar situations that yeah. i've been in even though we have different types of bipolar disorder the fact that you remember exactly when you were diagnosed and what that felt like and i had a very similar scenario where i just totally freaked out because i I didn't feel crazy, but I was being told that I was crazy. Yeah. Mm. And being 5150 is such a traumatic event. Yeah. And I just want to thank you for sharing your story because it's really hard. And a lot of people don't see that or get that or honor that. And I know you haven't shared a lot about your story here on this podcast and it's something that I've been pretty open about in the last few years and it's something that's liberated me by being open mm-hmm. about it um it's something I I mean I'll tell the fucking barista yeah. no and I think that's <laughs> I really will I really will the well, barista's like what's up I'm like I'm bipolar today what's up with you <laughs> like what's your name you just like just put bipolar Hi, on I'm the couch scout. I'm bipolar what's up you can no, call I'm... me BPD scout <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's it's actually been really admirable because I mean we joke about it. It's a drinking game because I'm just like, why the fuck do you always talk about it? Like I'm like, it's I mean it's not embarrassing, but it's just like, okay, let's like tone tone down the bipolarness today, you know? Um, no, it's good. I'm dying. Um, no, but it's it is so important, and mm-hmm. she kind of clarified it for me. She was like. I want to say it again and again Mm -hmm. because it's not something I should be ashamed of. It shouldn't be stigmatized. If I say it enough, people will get comfortable with it. You definitely destigmatize it. Yeah. And if you had diabetes, you would say you had fucking diabetes. Yeah. 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 I'm going to start talking about my peanut allergy. There you go. (laughs) Scream it from the rooftop, I have a peanut allergy. What's up? (laughs) 
No, but really, it's like when I hear this sounds so fucked up, but if you're like me and Maddie Mm -hmm. and you don't experience severe or moderate mental illness, you probably have you might have a tendency if you're not quite so empathetic to be like, I don't know. Is that like real? Does she, does Jess really not, does she really not remember when she screamed at her boyfriend or is that just a convenient excuse for being a bitch? <laughs> Wait, you know? that's a, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, no, it's no. true. Or yeah. like, I don't like, and mm, that's where the stigma. Maybe, and yeah. And it's like, um, let's take a minute. I'm talking to myself right now to mm-hmm. think that maybe other people have different, different experiences than I do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe their brains work differently. And yeah, maybe there's some sort of chemical dysfunction or maybe there's just something different about them. So yeah, that really happens to them and it doesn't really happen to me. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. It's like, it's so hard sometimes to they think say, outside of ourselves. They and- say they're finding out like they're now looking like researching, obviously the human brain and they're seeing that someone with bipolar disorder, their brain actually literally looks different than someone without bipolar disorder. So they're learning all these things. But again, if you don't have it, because I feel the same way when I look at other types of mental illnesses, even though I have one, I can still look mm. at it and be like, Hmm, interesting. <laughs> Using that as an excuse. It's but it's it's when I think when it's not your own experience, it's yeah. you, you easy it. it's easy to brush it off. Um, you know, because our world is about us. It yeah. took my dad a really long I mean it, I shouldn't say it took him a long time, but in the beginning he was he didn't understand it. And so my stepmom at the time who actually passed away a few months ago, she would send him articles and articles and articles mm-hmm. and articles and articles just to educate him on it. Mm-hmm. And once he realized that this is a disease, you don't have control over it. It is something that is superimposed on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, me and my dad are, are very similar. We're, yeah. we're both very analytical, pragmatic. We want to see the science. We want to know facts. And I think that's why it also took me some time to get to that place where it's like, oh, this is an actual disease and, and a yeah. thing that people suffer from. I want to, I know this is not my podcast and I'm not supposed to be the interviewer, <laughs> but I, I want to ask you, Mads, what, what kind of advice could you give to someone who has someone close? Yep, I was going to ask the same thing. Yeah, and what would you say to them who, who has someone close that's suffering from a mental illness? How do you um, not let it penetrate into your own aura, but how do you be supportive? Yeah, and I just wanted mm-hmm. to piggyback onto that and say that there are some, I think it's probably type 2 bipolar disorder. Is that what you say? Type 2 and type, type 1? Two, yeah. Okay, type mm-hmm. 2 bipolar disorder where um, I'm pretty sure there's somebody that I've, been close with my life who has type two bipolar disorder where they will be manic and will say things that are really, really like destructive and they're not like in states of paranoia and in states of rage, they're saying things that are not accurate. And like, how do you deal with that? Like Mm -hmm. knowing that this person is not being themselves. Like how do you handle that? Yeah. And how do you not let that take, how do you not take it personally? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with scout, um, it more so the part that has hit me the most is the suicidal thoughts and the, the things she had, she texts me about, what is it called? No, but I think it is what I said before. You need to be, you need to check in with yourself first. Like I think mm-hmm. you put yourself first in that situation. I know you want to help 
the person that is that you love that is going through this incredibly difficult feat and i think you need to get yourself checked out first and make sure you're in a good mindset and a good mental state mm-hmm. to handle that because okay. if you don't then you're gonna fall into it as well um so what does that look like practically yeah so for me i mean like like let's say she's texting you right now like what so she'll text me and i know and i know that it's about you know wanting you know there's suicidal thoughts or something or she's going through an episode um and she'll say something like you know the thought the the voices are telling me to kill myself i just can't focus on work right now i feel really bad i don't i don't want to not work and i'll just be like hey just take just like go lay down and take a nap like Mm -hmm. just take a take a break it's fine like I'll take over whatever. And I mean, also me and Scout work together like in our <laughs> normal jobs as well. So it's like, we're literally all together, all together all the time. Um, so I'm there. I'm, you know, it, it's, it's a little autopilot. Like it's a little, like, I'm just going to put up and I'm hurting inside too. Of course it's my sister and I don't want her to be experiencing things, but yeah. it is, um, she's coming to me for a certain role and mm-hmm. I know what that is. And that's the, Hey, it's fine. And go, can you go can, again? Can you go do Reiki? Can you go? I know her little, little list, Tools. her tool, yeah. her little toolbox. Um, and, and you just deplore those. And that really helps me because sometimes I f- feel really bad taking a day off or taking a few hours off. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she says, don't worry about it. I got it. I it's got validation. you. Yeah. Yeah. Being yeah. given permission. Permission. And yeah. knowing that someone will like have your back is mm-hmm. gigantic. Mm-hmm. Gigantic. And it's so little. Like, you, th- of course, it, it does take a toll. It's someone you love and you see them mm-hmm. suffering. But it's just a little thing. Like, you think you need to do such a big gesture and like be big for them. But I've learned with Scout, it's, it's really just a little thing. Like, it's a little text. It's a little just hey it's okay like go do your thing and that goes a long way and i think and it and it varies again it varies from person to person so you really have to know the loved one you really need to know what works for them mm-hmm. um but for me i mean I, I i mean therapy has been a godsend like i just didn't even realize that i needed so much therapy <laughs> um so it i think everyone should go to therapy you learn so much about yourself and you're so much more aware of things that are happening to you and why they are happening to you. And, um, I mean, I do, again, I fall into the Instagram propaganda. I love skincare and I love working yeah. out. So there's like, and I love to meditate. We're huge, like gratitude people works. We'll express gratitude. We have little gratitude journals and stuff, but it does, it does help. It, it helps alleviate and make you, and it shifts your perspective, right? Mm. It makes you kind of go um, automatically into a mindset of, holy shit i have so much around me you know let's let's be thankful for what's what's there yeah oh that's so that's definitely helped me uh oh yeah we should we should take it yes i know we're in so deep i'm just like i have so many questions and i want to talk um this Um, is going totally off on a different tangent i know quick but sorry uh, broads but you know again we got we got to keep the lights on and i do i am excited. don't ever say keep the lights on again i'm we're gonna hold ourselves accountable to never say that again this is a mental health podcast and you're shaming me right now. <laughs> I said it last time I was listening. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we're going to keep the video cameras on. I have to, you know, I don't I'm know. Sorry. Just, I'm sorry. <laughs> you 
Becca will want. be scared every time, which is like, oh my God, she's going to send her into a rage. Sorry. Um, so, so I don't know if you all noticed. <laughs> this is so dumb. Um, okay, but for real, I don't know if you guys all noticed when you came into the back studio house uh, that outside on the side, I have actual piles of furniture and boxes. You mean the suitcases on your front porch? There's suitcases, they're underneath this wing, there's chairs, there's all this stuff. Um, and I've been trying to figure out what to do with it because I don't want to get rid of it, but I also live in LA, so I have literally no extra space. Um, but my problems have just been solved because of clutter. Aha, clutter <laughs> is the world's largest full-service on-demand storage experience. Their on-demand experience takes the self out of self-storage. We are talking zero effort, people. All you have to do is schedule a pickup and clutter will be there to pack up and move your belongings to their secure storage facilities. Clutter has a price match guarantee, which means you will get the lowest possible monthly storage rate nice. and you do not pay for packing or delivery. Listen, a lot of times when it comes to packing and storage, it can be around a tough, stressful time in your life, like a divorce or a birth or just gosh, moving in general. So you don't need to waste more stress and time and money on packing supplies. All you have to do is contact clutter. And if you want your store things back, all you have to do is schedule a delivery date online and clutter will get you in 48 hours or less. Could be amazing if you're in between living situations, you know, oh, when you yeah. got a month in between leases and then you oh, got to do something the with your floating stuff. furniture. Yeah, you exactly. No that you're storing your friend's living room. Mm-hmm. I have been that friend. Don't do it to your friends. Get clutter. Clutter has a great sign up bonus for our listeners. Get $50 off your first month when you sign up at clutter.com slash chatty. That's on top of clutter's no hassle moving online inventory management, free pickup and delivery and price match guarantee see why clutter is better and get $50 off your first month at clutter.com slash chatty that's clutter.com and enter promo code chatty at checkout um so i wanted to say obviously we're focusing on bipolar um because scout and i both have it um ben we've talked a little about anxiety and depression but you know i know a lot of our listeners the gamut is wide with with mental illness we have Mm -hmm. uh anxiety panic attacks depression bipolar disorder eating disorders obsessive compulsive disorder personality disorders post-traumatic stress disorder psychosis schizophrenia self-harm and suicidal feelings and just wanted to just have a quick side note saying if you fall into any of these categories Please, please be aware you are not alone. Mm, this is a yes. hugely, hugely, I don't want to say common because I feel like it takes away the power of it, but so many people experience this, especially in the United States. Yeah. Um, I have a, like some stats here. Um, one in five. Cheat sheet. My cheat sheet. <laughs> one in five Americans has experienced some form of mental in- illness. One in five and one in 25 are experiencing serious mental illness, such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. How many? Uh, One in 25. Oh, wow. So when you're having those moments where you're like, holy shit, I got the diagnosis. I'm sitting in a psychiatrist's office because, you know, all these people have these moments. I know I was one of them. Who am I right now sitting in the psychiatrist's office? I didn't think I'd be here. And yet the doctor tells you whatever it may be, OCD anxiety bipolar and you think oh my god i you that feeling of oh my god i'm so alone i'm so crazy who am i gonna tell i love scout that you're telling everybody because it is taking away the power of the word and the stigma but no you are not alone 
Yeah. You are not alone. Amen. And you're not, you're not your mental illness. Would yes. you agree with defined that? defined by it. Like you're not, or do you define yourself by it, Scout? I don't know. It's hard. My aunt always says that she hates labels because then you define yourself by them and then you become them. Mm. So mm. it's, it's a really interesting balance. Bipolar has become a huge part of my identity Hmm. and I think that it is a lot of who I am because it's shaped a lot of who I am it's provided me with the strength that I have today it's provided me with the tools that I have today um but I think when I say like you are not your mental like you have other facets to you you're multifaceted you're not just a disease and I think that's what people think when they get diagnosed with these these illnesses that they're like oh fuck I am am, that I'm a schizophrenic person yeah Yeah. in society I'm that I'm also an entrepreneur I'm a wife there's there's Mm -hmm. yeah you're You're a sister but I imagine it can also be (laughs) don't forget I imagine it can be freeing too Mm because then you're like wow all this stuff is like not because I have some sort of deficiency Mm -hmm. but because oh i have this disease so yeah yeah that's why my brain is doing this yeah it should yeah, be a that's relief. why i'm feeling this way yeah oh it's just because there's something out of my control happening to me that's such an interesting point mm. because that was that we it was the weirdest dichotomy when you are diagnosed there's that oh my god i'm alone i'm insane all these like these images flood into your head of like all these bipolar people uh from movies and tv and i'm like oh my god i'm like that like what it's just wild but then when you step back and you take a breath it's like okay so this I all really... kind of makes sense now <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean yeah. like okay i'm oh, able that's to why put... i jumped out of a moving car oh, that's why i don't remember <laughs> i was wheeled off somewhere it's all starting to come together now mm-hmm. but it really does it is powerful to then be like no know thyself Mm-hmm. It is really powerful. Mm. Um, it provides you with a framework kind yeah. of to figure out how to cure yourself then. Mm-hmm. And there's something that I'm really, what's the word? Like passionate, passionate about, but um, also it's like a, okay, I'm going to forget the word. So I'm just going to start talking. Whenever I talk about being bipolar and talk about mental illness, I have to talk about the actionable steps that I take to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. So if there's anyone out here that's listening to this that, it, that is relating, whether you're bipolar or schizophrenic or OCD, or as you said, there's so many mm-hmm. different types of um, mental illnesses, there are steps that you can take to feel better. You can get yourself into therapy. There's stuff in your power. There's stuff in your power. You can get yourself into therapy. You can list things that you're grateful for. You can meditate. You can go to yoga. Use your essential oils. Find alternative healings that work for you. Mm-hmm. If medication is your route, please go see a psychiatrist and get get the right medication that works for you. Um, call the suicide hotline if you're ever in a moment of crisis. If you feel like you can't reach out to your friends or your loved mm-hmm. ones, there are hotlines just Google hotline suicide prevention and you'll find the the number right then and there. There are so many resources out there. There's NAMI that has support groups in every single city in this country. Um, if this is resonating with you on any level, please do your research and find the tools that work for you. For me, it's cupping, it's acupuncture, it's breath work, it's yoga, it's meditation, essential oils. That is very deliberate. Like flower essences, CBD. She's tried it all. I have my list, guys. Let me tell you, I have my list. But I'm just saying that a list out there exists for you as well, and you can find that. So, do you uh, use medication? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah. So, um, I have been on medication. I 
would say for the past three years, mm-hmm. I am currently weaning off one of them because the side effects, um, in my opinion, don't outweigh the benefits because side effects with psychiatric medication is very common. Um, so I'm weaning off my anti- What kind of side effects? Do you mind me asking? Yeah. So um, I've gained 15 pounds and I can't get up in the morning for the life of me and ask Maddie. I'm a huge like morning. Sleepy? Like sleepy? Like yeah. very groggy. Okay. We're, and we're huge. Yeah. We're I'm huge a morning huge person. morning person. Well, yeah. And then it also um, affected my short-term memory loss, mm-hmm. which affects my work. Um, so I just felt as if those kind of outweighed the benefits. Um, so I'm slowly weaning myself off, of course, which actually just happened this week. Um, if I begin to feel suicidal, I will go back on them. Um, so it's a test. We'll Mm -hmm. see how I do without it. That's called Zyprexa that I'm on. Um, and I'm going to continue staying on Prozac for a little bit longer, but my goal is to be medication free. And that's not to say that that's for everybody, nor should I, um, it's just a personal decision. It's it's a personal, it's a personal decision. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like medication too is an important topic because, um, you know, I feel like some people, again, there's the stigma, um, some people run from it and then, um, and there's a hierarchy, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm able to function without medication and like, right. oh, you and can only function with medication. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like different strokes, man. Some people like thrive on, um, on natural remedies and some people absolutely need medication. And it doesn't mean that you have a hold of your illness any more than anyone else does. Um, and also when you're someone who, um, isn't taking the medication, you're like a friend or a family member of someone who's on meds, I will say, do your very best to be really patient with the person because if they are on psychiatric medication, there is a chance that like Scout was saying that the, um, side effects are pretty wild. And sometimes you will see a large shift in the person for a while. And so you just need to know that I, I know for me, when I started taking medication, um, after I was diagnosed with bipolar, I was like an an actual robot. I was like so emotionless and I, the sleepiness is wild. I was, I I was on one medication where I couldn't get up until 2 PM. Oh yeah. No, I was, I was driving. I was driving at the time from orange County to Los Angeles for my job. And every single day I would have to get up and I'd have to give myself three and a half hours to get pull over. I take, had pull take two naps, pull over because I just couldn't, I couldn't function. No, this shit is sedative. Is that the right word? Is that Sedative. Sedative. Yeah. Sedative. So, yeah. One so of those. The, so the side <laughs> effects. <laughs> It'll knock you out, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're out cold. Exactly. So the side effects can be, can, you know, you're dealing with someone, it can be just as wild as, as, uh, you know. Did it affect the, your libidos at all? Oh my God. Yes. Well, I have a whole other issue because I have paranoia that men are under my bed, in my closet, on my balcony, following me home, in the trunk of my car, waiting to rape and kill me. So I have developed... I know, right? It's great. So I have developed... I have I to. I know she tries I to lighten the, the mood. The brevity. I have developed a sense of shame when it comes to sex. I actually mm-hmm. have all of the um, uh, symptoms of a sexually abused person without actually ever been oh sexually God. abused. Wow! So it's, it's created trauma because it's created trauma for me. It's a wow. very interesting 
situation that I am trying to work on in therapy, but I don't know if it's the medication that causes the decrease in libido or if it's the, tr- the, okay. like the psychological psychosis trauma of that course. I, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's very, it's I interesting. had, I had a huge libido loss with mm-hmm. mine. Interesting. So when I was the bipolar one with the mania, sex crazed animal. Like I was, I was going to say, oh, doesn't mania lend itself to sex? I was. You were just this sexy shy. I was. Queen. Just, I know like, she's like she has a new outfit every day. Up. Next time she's you want a manic to episode, <laughs> <laughs> let's hit the town, girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just like this girl's got it going on. <laughs> no, it was it was so that way. It was like I always had new lingerie and I was always ready to pound. But yeah. I I was like swinging from the chandeliers, crazy type sexual, you know, and. I, um, at, you know, again, when I was diagnosed, I was with Evan. So I was having sex with one person, but again, he was used to crazy Jessica in the sack. And then all of a sudden <laughs> he's, started like, taking he's like, this is kind of fun. That's the thing. There's a beauty. That's the weird thing with bipolar is there's this beauty sometimes. Cause to you're it. living life. You're like, living life, especially with bipolar one. The mania can be so exciting when you're not having your angry moments or your depressive moments. You're just like, this is amazing. Why is life so colorful you're sort of like on amphetamines yes no you're on ecstasy yes so Mm -hmm. everyone's like everybody likes you you're so fun and then all of a sudden i pop this pill and i'm like uh she's a potato (laughs) wait question question have you been with your husband since high school yes we had we had a break for two years um of which then the mania experienced sexuality in different ways <laughs> oh okay got it wow. my husband and i dated in high school really lost my virginity to him and then we separated for five years then we got back together whoa that's cool wow very like similar that. we are very similar we, we also weird... don't know how to ride a bike isn't that weird we both have that and we yeah, both have yet. sanskrit tattoos on the right arm yeah weird <laughs> The bipolar people floating like around, <laughs> being the same. to one another. Well, and Maddie, what I wanted to say, yeah. uh, apart from what you guys are talking about with medication, I was just thinking for people like us, it might be, we might have this superhero complex. I know I do where I, I've had this happen a lot of times in my life where I think I'm somehow impenetrable mm-hmm. by all the other things that people experience. So um, I didn't realize until literally two years ago that I had migraines. I thought migraines were these, this horrible thing that other people experienced. And I thought that my headaches where I would throw up and where I would pass out for like hours. Bitch, I thought that what? Was, you didn't think that was a migraine? No, I thought migraine was this. <laughs> I thought a migraine was some other thing. And then someone was talking about their migraines. I was like, damn, That's I'm pretty sorry. sure I experienced that. <laughs> like your headache yeah. sounds mild. Compared I just to what always I thought actually. I was getting sick and then it would go away in like eight, seven oh, to eight no. hours. But I have yeah. that complex where mm-hmm. like, I didn't know what anxiety was really mm-hmm. until I was older because I just thought what I was experiencing was just normal. Right. Thing. No, like, totally. And it wasn't until a few years ago where I started noticing all these things. I'm like, Oh wait, that happens to me too. But for whatever reason, I was unable to acknowledge that. Yeah. And I thought that that was just like this nameless thing. Like I used to, um, I had an issue with ever since probably sixth or seventh grade. It wasn't, it clicked last year when someone said, 
No, eating disorders are anxiety disorders. Yeah. Because we think that eating disorders a lot of times are just about body image. I'm like, no, I love my body. I don't have an eating disorder. But since I was in sixth or seventh grade, I would deprive myself of food sometimes up until like six or seven p.m. And I wouldn't eat my lunch and I wouldn't eat breakfast in the morning because I would I also had like anxiety about throwing up. So for whatever reason in junior high, I just wouldn't eat because I was afraid of throwing up, Um, which was weird. And I just literally all this stuff clicked in the past year. And then in college, I had my first heartbreak and I was in such a grievous state that I started depriving myself of food without realizing Mm. where I would just be like, I played these mind games where I was like, oh, I'm really hungry. But like if I just only eat a banana and then I wait until 4 p.m. and then I have like a bowl of brown rice like it was a weird control thing and it wasn't Mm. until someone said like no this can be an anxiety thing that I was like oh when I feel out of control in situations in my life I try to take control by depriving myself of food and that takes a lot of self-awareness to to figure that part of the equation Mm -hmm. out yeah I did not notice that and then I was like oh yeah I'm feeling out of my out of control in my life so then I feel more like like I have a grip on things if I can deprive myself anyway but Mm. my point being said is that some of you listening might have the opposite might have the issue where you will not recognize the areas that you might need help or that you might and if you to work on yeah and if you don't confront those now what i've learned is it it builds and you don't think it's gonna build because you're like oh i'm tough like i don't need therapy i don't need to figure this shit out i've gone x many years like not having an issue and it builds and it pops Yeah, just because other people don't see it doesn't mean that it's not an issue exactly also i'm a huge proponent of everybody going to therapy i know you said this earlier it's like Therapy, people, every single person goes through shit. Every people has, everyone has their low times. Everyone has their high times. We can all relate to each other on that basic level. Mm -hmm. And I think that therapy for whoever it is can be extremely beneficial. Again, Mm -hmm. Google free counseling in your area if you don't have access to. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. Financial resources. Yeah. Therapy is expensive. Yes. Yeah, no, so... Question: um, Were you guys raised in a religious home? We're very Jewish. Very Jewish. <laughs> okay. I like how you don't even like pause. Like that was like so immediate. So we we are very Jewish. We are okay. Let's like let's. We're not very Jewish, but we're Jewish. We um we grew up in a Jewish household. Went to um, Jewish school. Jewish private school. Jewish sleepaway camp. Jew- like we were very inundated. Jewish um, theater. Insulated. Ooh. Yes. The everything whole thing was, was Jewish. Everything was Jewish. Um, <laughs> I did Jewish no, theater. Like, I just imagined Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, oh, show we did. Like, I'm the in, only uh, show ever. I've been in many of a production of Fiddler on the well, Roof. You know? That's my fucking favorite music. Yeah. There you go. The power to you. Amazing. Um, no, but it wasn't, it wasn't like religious religious. Okay. So it was more of a cultural Judaism kind of liked that. Yeah. Dude, I didn't know there was, I looked through my phone book one time when I was 17 years old. I did not have one person who wasn't Jewish. I did not wow. have a friend who wasn't was Jewish just a bunch until of Hammersteins and yes. gold <laughs> levies, Goldsteins and yeah, 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 levies and levies. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, what does yeah. mental uh, illness look like in the Jewish community? Because I don't know. Is that's it something? Question. Is it yeah. something that's like you know? No, push it away. It's well, it's propaganda. So we're both from very conservative Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Backgrounds. Okay. Got it. And sometimes yeah. that can think about like just. 
God, I hate bringing it up because I know people will be saddened by this, but it can be a thing of like, just pray and like, mm-hmm. just pray about it was what I was told most mm. of the time. Wow. Yeah. No, um, not really. No, I think Jews are just way too expressive and they're like, I think, <laughs> I think it's just so, um, it's, I feel like it was a lot more accepted. Dang, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you could speak more. You didn't get like backlash from the community. No, I didn't get backlash yeah. from the community. I think that people didn't understand it, but I think it was more of just like a general misunderstanding, misunderstanding yeah. versus like a Jewish thing. Um, I mean, my whole family has been extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. My uncles, my aunts, my cousins, everybody that we've come in contact has been really supportive of my journey thus far. So I don't, I don't think yeah, that we're lucky in that. the community was really mm-hmm. like unaccepting or anything like that. I would actually attribute that to just from what I've noticed. I feel like Jew, the Jews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the Jews um, are <laughs> yes. they embrace the dark side of life maybe mm-hmm. a little more than yeah. um evangelical christianity yeah we're not we're, like we're like totally have sex before you get married right no, not, I, I really like the we're way. not really strict in in like those kinds of guys situations don't believe in hell like i know yeah we don't it's lit you guys I are ahead of the lit. curve man <laughs> yeah we're going all the way to heaven i'm excited <laughs> And Jesus is still coming one day. (laughs) That's amazing. No, yeah. No, I would I would echo that. You know what I mean? Like a little more like Mm -hmm. they're a little gritty compared to the evangelical Christian. Yeah, Yeah, we're not not as proper. We're not as like kind of like buttoned up or pure or probably has to do with all the shit. I was going to say, I think probably attributing to the fact of everything. Uh, Persecution since like Mm -hmm. the beginning beginning of of time history. That could have been a, yeah. So our mother is a Holocaust museum curator and our stepdad is a Holocaust scholar. Our stepdad runs the Holocaust Foundation at USC, which was started by Spielberg. So, so our we family are literally we know too much too about much the about like don't ask me about the Holocaust because I know we've way too much about it. it. We've banned Holocaust talks and museums from all family trips. Like they're not allowed to talk about the Holocaust. Like it just is constant. Every book in our parents' house is like Holocaust. Wait, books. I know this is so weird, but I yeah. love the. I'm so f- like not fascinated. That's not so yeah. sick and no, twisted. No, no, no. Go for I it. Like, go I would love it. to talk with your mom and dad <laughs> yeah. here, and I also like history. So I'm like, oh, oh I yeah, you would love, love, love our parents. parents. Them. They literally every truth. book in the fucking house it's is like, about world war Hitler's ii or Hitler. biog- i'm like what i don't fucking want to look at this like, can we talk about something else yeah. for once <laughs> so i love sad. that wow that's actually oh, incredible yeah um well that's good i mean it's so yeah it's so interesting like again you're dealing with with mental illness it's like every type of human being under the sun and Every type of religion. I mean, it's all just so interesting, like how it plays out, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless of how you were raised. Guess what? And this is I think the proof is in the pudding. What I'm saying is that it's not. It's not how are you how are you were raised? It's not something that happens to you because Mm -hmm. of the way that, you know, necessarily your parents raised you. Absolutely. Abuse can can trigger certain things. One hundred percent. Don't don't get me wrong. But. Here you were in a in a, uh, a group that wasn't judging mental illness, and you still had a full breakdown. And not only that, I grew up in in a beautiful environment. My mm. parents were so supportive, so loving. 
Mads and I had a great childhood. Mm. Very fortunate. I mean, we were privileged beyond, and 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 I'll admit that, and I know it, and I and I can. And that's why when this happened to you, I was like, "Okay, your life is so real because your life." is so fortunate and blessed. Like, okay, there obviously is something, a, a mishap in your brain. Like if, right. if I was born with my genetic makeup into another family that was unfortunate, for example, I believe that I still would have had the same struggles that I mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. today in the family that I was born mm-hmm. in. So mm-hmm. when you talk about that, it's interesting because I hear people say things of like, well, back then, like when, you know, everyone would go to war when they were 17 and now you 17 year olds are bitching about your anxiety and and it's like I think people sometimes have this attitude like well why does suddenly why do people have all these disorders in 2019 and I always think like people it's not that people didn't have these issues they just struggled with them in silence Mm -hmm. or they ended up being the crazy person in the village Mm -hmm. I was about to say you're you're talking drown their children in their bathtub not to say that like (laughs) that's either do you you know what I mean I'm not saying that but but right, it's, right. That but you're it's, going to do that if you have mental <laughs> illness. But you know, like yeah, no, Matt course, has said course. to me once, she's like, "Are you going to get pregnant and kill your child?" I was oh like, my god! No, I am not oh, going to get pregnant and kill. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> it's a thing, though. No, it's a thing because listen, I you know I have part a lot of questions like that. that. <laughs> Fuck you! I did not say that. Yes, you did. What? <laughs> Fight, fight. No. You won't catch us in a fight. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, but but I understand. That's the thing that people talk about. No, because if you get postpartum... Okay, so there's a big thing in my family where... Postpartum psychosis? Where, like, if I get pregnant... How is that going to look for postpartum for me? Oh yes, now I remember. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. She I remembers that. Okay, you know, yeah, I'm so like not just judging. Back yeah. How? No, but seriously, like, no, a, if yeah. I get pregnant, I have to be one off all my medication, which mm-hmm. is a serious liability. Two, how am I going to deal with postpartum depression? Is it going to hit me? And what am I going to do about my relationship with my child at that point? And that's mm-hmm. a serious conversation that I've had with my dad, with my husband, with my mother-in-law, with my therapist. Because when I get pregnant, it's not a matter of like when or if. It's a matter of are you on the right medication? Can you go off your medication? Can you live that way? Are the hormones when you're pregnant, is that going to be okay for you? Or is that going to make you even worse? And three, when your child is born, are you going to be able to be the best mom that you can be to that child? She dealt with all of these questions. Right? right? They're questions. All of these questions. And I, and I say it's, it lightly yeah. that Maddie said that, but I'm I, I'm saying it more in a serious matter of mm-hmm. like, these are questions that need to be asked. Yeah, yeah. And, and I would love to hear your experience. Well, so my experience, I <laughs> preface this by saying it was mine and people have very different experiences. Um, so when I found out Evan and I were not planning on having, our baby was a surprise. She was a big shock. Um, we wanted kids, but then when I was diagnosed with bipolar, I had the the exact same thoughts as you. Like, how am I going to be as a mother? I, I have to get off my medication. I didn't even think about that until I found out I was pregnant. Um, and, but Evan and I had talked and we're like, I guess maybe we just won't ever have kids because, you know, what if my kid, like bipolar disorder can be genetic often. I'm like, I don't want to give my, you know, I don't want to give my, my child bipolar. Like this is so hard. I I don't know if I want to give this to a human being. Um, so I found that I was pregnant 
And I was six weeks. I was completely shocked. We were on birth control. I had been a, you know, drill sergeant about it and, um, talked to my psychiatrist and they said, you need to go off all your medication. And I was just like, holy shit, I'm going to lose my damn mind. Um, for me, my hormones changed everything. I like, like in a good way, in a positive way. That's amazing. Everything went away. So I went off my medication, cold Turkey. I was horrified. And all of a sudden I was like, who is this like little 10 year old girl in my body? Like I was like reminiscent of my young self where I was free of all this. That's amazing. I didn't understand. I sat down with my psychiatrist and he was like, listen, here's the deal. Sometimes your hormones make you even like, you know, go more off the rails. And sometimes they really like balance some things in your brain. Um, but then I was still dealing with the whole concept of, oh my God, I'm going to have her and then I'm going to be a terrible mother and blah, blah, blah. And I really came to a, uh, a place in my own heart where I had to look in the mirror and be like, listen, the fact that you are worried about this, the fact that you care about your child this much already, that you're up every night, sleepless nights, you will be a good mother. You're Mm -hmm. empathetic. You understand certain things that other people haven't seen because of your mental illness. Are you going to have to ask for help probably from your spouse? Yes. Do you know that he's going to be there for you? Yes. A hundred percent. Like we're going to have to be a team in this and I'm going to maybe have hard days, but I'm going to be able to be a different kind of mother maybe to my child, Mm -hmm. but I know I'm going to be a good mother. It just might look different. That's beautiful. Um, and then, you know, for me, I ended up having her hormones were still grade a, I'm like, okay, this is weird. What's going on? I'm thinking maybe it's cause I'm breastfeeding her. I breastfed her for a year, was very scared to stop breastfeeding. Cause I'm like, all right, everything's going to go back to normal. And I'm knocking on wood. Um, since I had my baby. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Maybe it's the cure. <laughs> I know the should, I get, should I get pregnant <laughs> tonight? <laughs> should that's I get pregnant tonight? Pregnant tonight? Inseminate to you. Tonight. No, that's why I'm saying don't. Like, I'm saying this no, to our listeners. She is not yeah. endorsing. I'm not <laughs> saying get pregnant and it's going to all go away. Please. My God. Yeah, but like but maybe. But, <laughs> but she's like, I'll try anything at this point. You're like, I see hope inside. <laughs> But no, it, my it, husband it, is listening to this. Yeah. Get the hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's time to have a baby. Oh, I didn't even know that though. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. It was like this was. I mean, you and I, we wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast a couple years ago. Holy shit! You want you're on meds, or would you just be a boring podcast? I'd be like co-host. I said, I'd be like a potato. No, oh, I, I I ended up. I advocated for myself. I spoke to my psychiatrist. Said this isn't mm. working for me. This isn't working for me. Let's do a different cocktail. Let's figure this out. Nice. And it took a lot of time, but I ended up getting on the right medication for me mm-hmm. where I was doing well. Mm-hmm. I was myself. I was able to function really well and I was great. Can mm-hmm. I ask what you were on? I was on a uh, funky little dose of Abilify okay. and sometimes Ativan. Okay. And I've been on Abilify before. Okay. Mm. I love Abilify. For it me, it worked doesn't well. work with for me. you. Yeah. Um, see everyone. It, and that's different. the other thing too. Everything is different. That's mm. the problem with psychiatric meds is that it feels as if your psychiatrist is just 
pulling something out of a hat and being like, let's try this. Mm -hmm. But like, it really is a trial trial and error. So advocate for yourself, just like in any sort of medical, you have to advocate. Um, Don't feel like you're ever bugging your doctor. This is what their actual job is. So bug them, bug the shit out of them. If they're making you feel like you're bugging them. they're the wrong doctor exactly Mm -hmm. that's not the type of person you want to be with because you may be able to find your perfect uh mix of medication or medication that you need to be feel like yourself again but again for me you know knock on wood like i said i i it's not back and are um, you on medication now no no good Mm -hmm. for you let's take a quick break and keep talking just because we can keep going i just want to make sure that we don't please um, please just take a just to take a quick break yes Um, So speaking of mental health, I am so excited. Perfect timing that one of our partners today is Talkspace. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. It's mobile, available when you need it, and affordable. It's a great resource. Yeah, that's the thing that's so tricky with therapy is it can be so expensive, like we were talking about, so expensive, and um, people may want to go, but they can't afford it. Thankfully, Talkspace is here to change that. All you have to do is go online, provide your preferences for therapy, and Talkspace will match you with one of over 4,000 therapists that they have that very same day. So you can send your therapist unlimited texts, audio pictures, video messages, anything from anywhere, anytime, whatever you need, whenever you need it, however you are feeling. And personally for me, Talkspace has been such a blessing because I don't have to wait for my next scheduled appointment to talk about what's on my mind when I need to talk. I can talk. So if you're having a tough time, you can always schedule um, even a live video session with your therapist for extra support too. Yeah. And like we said, affordable. One month of therapy on the Talkspace platform costs about the same amount as one single face-to-face session. So join more than 1 million who feel better with Talkspace. Talkspace has more than 4,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges we all face. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure to use our code CHATTY to get your first week totally free and show your support for the show. That's CHATTY and Talkspace.com. Such a perfect sponsor to yeah, have on really the show. Is. I'm the timing. so glad that worked out. Oh, the universe. Um, <laughs> so where were we? I'm just talking about being, you know, bipolar free. Which <laughs> how babies? <laughs> thank you. Babies cure your mental Baby, illness. Yeah, that's yeah. The that's the from takeaway. Exactly. You know, that's, that's my takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I might get like pregnant. You said you've tried almost everything. Yeah, I'm trying, so I might get pregnant thing, this so. weekend. <laughs> but we do. I do get a lot of messages from people saying like. I'm afraid to get pregnant because I'm scared that I have even just like anxiety and depression. I have this and I'm nervous. So my thing is, if you're worried about this, like you're going to make a good good, you're going to be a good parent. Make sure you have people around you. I was going to say, talk to people Mm -hmm. about those fears, even if you don't have mental illness. Oh, if there's one thing we've advocated for, it's be vulnerable with the people who love you. Yeah. And don't assume how they're going to react. That's one of the biggest mistakes you can make is assuming how someone's going to handle something before you give them the opportunity to prove you wrong. And I think that if you can open yourself up, you can create a new space for trust and understanding and support that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I know for my sister, her finally, she was, man, we really journeyed a lot with our relationship but there was a point in our relationship where I would literally scream at her over the phone and I would be like why don't you trust me why Mm. don't you tell me the things that you tell your friends like I want to be here for you I fucking love you Mm -hmm. like I know your friends love you but 
I love you more than they do. Mm-hmm. Like, just talk to me. And that was so hard for her. And I understand why, because I always did not always make it uh, open and a welcome environment for her to be heard. But at the end of the day, like, I'm sure for everyone who's listening, there's someone in your life who wants to have the opportunity to be there for you, mm-hmm. even if they go about it the wrong way, even if they're going to say shit that's hurtful sometimes. They're going to fuck up. We all do. But they want to be there for you and like want to have the opportunity to hold your hand as you're going through whatever it is you're Mm -hmm. experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say find your support group. Find your people that are there for you 100 percent. Even if, as you said, they show up in a way that you might not agree with. Recognize the intention behind Mm -hmm. their showing up and what they mean behind the words. Sometimes people say the wrong things, but their intentions are pure. And that's something to be celebrated because it's hard to find people whose intentions are pure, who want to be there for you, who will support you through the rough times. So if you can find a group of people, be it your family, be it your friends, be it your sister, be it your best friends, Mm -hmm. garner them up, educate them on your situation Tell them how what you need from them and what they need from you. Make it a two-way street. Yeah. And that's how you build your kind of circle. And it's an opportunity for dialogue. So it's totally. like, hey, when you do this, like this actually kind of hurts me. And, and to be honest, like it makes me feel even more this way. Or I really like it. Or maybe it's probably better to approach it in a positive way hey, when I'm coming to you with this, like I really appreciate it and like it when you say this to me, Mm -hmm. like when you remind me of this. like Mm -hmm. Which I think Mads has done a really good job is she's figured out what it is I need at any given moment and what it is I need to hear at any given moment. And then she delivers that really well. Yeah. Do you have any, do either of you have any resources to suggest for people like outside of friends and family? Some people maybe don't have any trust establishing a partner, friend or family member. So NAMI, N-A-M-I is a really good resource. They're in the National Association of Mental Illness, which might be the wrong words, but they are, they are N-A-M-I. Um, they have support groups in every city. Um, they do a really good job of providing a space for individuals to feel heard. Again, if you just Google suicide hotline prevention, they have people 24 seven to talk to. Sometimes when I feel, cause sometimes I feel like I'm a burden to my friends and family mm-hmm. and my husband and my dad and my mother and my sister. And sometimes I just need to talk to a stranger. So I'll just Google hotline suicide prevention hotline and I will call them and talk to them really? on the phone. That's awesome. Yeah. They're a really great resource. They are there 24 seven. And that's strong of you to be able to be like, yeah, I'm going to call a hot. I feel like some people might not want to do that. No, totally do it. Mm-hmm. The people there are so understanding. They're amazing. As I said, 24 7. They hear it all day. So nothing you say is going to. They hear it all day. Yeah, no, it's a a great. Just Google suicide hotline prevention and a number will pop up and you can call them. Um, As you said, free therapists, if you don't have the financial means to get one through your insurance. Also, Um, as you, uh, your advert, advert. Yeah, your yeah. advertisements. <laughs> I'm like, why can't yeah. I say that work? No, Talkspace is actually they're they're one of their options are fairly um, affordable. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's that's definitely an option too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And just know that if you are suffering from mental illness, there are options out there for you. There are tools that will help you and there are people that want to get you to a place that you want to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's it is like Google. Thank you. God bless yes, Google. God bless. There are there are so many options, you know, even depending like we were talking about faith, you know, you can there's different um places of faith all over your city, I'm sure that if you uh yes. Google you can find places, community centers. Um, I know some sometimes YMCA have uh different people that you can speak to, like there's so many options. There really are. But like you were saying, Becca, like how brave it is for Scout to just call. Um, it does just take that umph of, you know, you got to be brave. Courage. You just got to know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You just have to be courageous and go, Courage okay, you know what? Weak. Yes. Mm, Which is one of yes. the most courageous things that you can do. But when you do it, woo, yeah. feels so much better. Totally. It's like, think about if you were choking, like, again, if you're choking, like you're going to uh, you know, do the whatever the, the symbol Sleeping. is to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> or you're yeah, like, exactly. Ah, yeah. I'm choking. <laughs> do the Heimlich on me. I'm not going to be like, I just don't want to bother anybody. So right. I'm just going to just here and choke. I'm just going to die. Of course not. Yeah. Of course stuck not. in my windpipe. Of course not. Um, actually, I wanted to say too, there's also, um, I. <sighs> there's like an online resource where you can look up different places you can volunteer i can't remember what Mm. the website's called Mm -hmm. but there's actually i wish i knew it off the top of my head there is a way you can volunteer to put in like two hours a week to be on your computer for a text a text hotline for people who are basically like a suicide hotline but over text and you can volunteer for that go through the training to do that i need to volunteer it's awesome you can commit to like six hours a week or two hours a week you do have to go through a whole training thing but if this is yeah for people if this is striking a chord with you i'll have to look it up because i can't remember i was gonna do it in the show notes yes you know what i will put i will look this up and put in the show notes because i want to sign up for that you can volunteer and so if this is you know maybe if you don't or you do struggle with mental illness and you want to give back and help people oh yeah you can volunteer in this way where you don't have to leave your home you just need a laptop and good internet connection and Mm. a couple hours a week and you could change someone's life every day yes i want to sign up for this yeah i'll have to look it up but um i was gonna do it i I just had to go out of town for like a month with no internet service so i was like i won't be able to do the commitment but it's it's uh that sounds amazing should go back and do the training anyway so yeah Pretty cool. I love that. I had a question. Yeah. Did you, were you going to say something? No, go for it. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about, this is something that I find really interesting to me. There's a new wave of kind of internet uh, mental health awareness, mm-hmm. hashtag mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> while I find it really powerful mm-hmm. and really helpful and, and really it's amazing for to de I was going to say destigmatization. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Destigmatize, yeah. I also, this may be just the cynic in me. I also feel like I see, especially like younger people around 15, 16, 17, saying like, I have depression or like, I have anxiety and talking about things that, um, okay, I'll give an example. So we asked, we had an episode, we were talking about ghosting and we Mm. said, have you ever ghosted a friend before? Like, you know, when you want to end a friendship and you just dip out without saying anything. And we had 
an absurd amount of replies. I'm talking a lot, dozens of replies that said, I have ghosted someone before, but it was because of my anxiety. And like, I didn't want to, conf- you know, I didn't want to confront them. And I was getting so mad because I was like, <laughs> bitch, that is not an anxiety disorder. That is an anxiety that every person faces. And you cannot use that as an excuse to harm people. Because guess what? Who doesn't have, if you don't have an anxiety over telling a person you don't want to be friends with them anymore. Then you're not then human. You don't have a pulse. Yeah, like, might be something you're a dead. Little, yeah. You yeah. might be a sociopath. Like, yeah. Actually, though, if you right. don't experience that yeah. kind of emotion. And I'm like, I do not have yeah. an anxiety disorder. But you think I don't have an anxiety texting someone and saying, hey, I don't want to hang out with you anymore? You can't just ghost people and don't talk to them and say it's because I have anxiety. Yeah. yeah. And I've been seeing that a lot. Well, Mads and I always say that just because you have a mental illness doesn't mean you have to be a dick to people. So <laughs> literally, because I was like, "Well, Kanye, yep. yeah, he has a mental illness," and Scott was like, "Yeah, but you don't have to be a dick." I'm, like, <laughs> I'm trying to defend Kanye. Yeah, and you can still apologize uh, for yeah. your actions and yeah. right your wrongs right. after the and fact. you can confront yeah. the person and have a constructive conversation with them about the situation. Yeah. yeah, no, but yeah, what Becca's saying. Um, there needs to be a shift in language. I think mm-hmm. it's just become so ubiquitous. It's We're like just a buzzword. All, yeah, thing. it's like I'm so mm-hmm. depressed. It's so cool. Like I'm. But like there's I'm, also there's there's a flip side to that, which is that when I was in therapy when I was a teenager, my therapist wrote it off as just being a teenager. Ah. And that was a problem because mm-hmm, I yeah. wasn't dealing with the situation at hand, which was a serious mental illness. So it gets really, really tricky, tricky totally. when you get to teenagers because part of it is, yeah, that's an anxiety-inducing situation and any normal person will fe- would feel anxiety over confronting another human being. But the thing is, you didn't grow up with Instagram and I'm seeing this like new depression mm. meme culture. Like I think yes. it's cool to be depressed. Yeah. I agree. And I think people are getting influenced to be depressed. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. kind of agree. Yeah. Where it's like it's depression wild. and pizza and chill. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's like so yeah. weird. It's Why seriously become so- like there's literally, you know, those little gifts you can get on your story. Yeah. There's literally like little spinning ones with cute texts where but it's like, pizza sorry, depression. it was my depression. Like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I'm know, getting that on a t-shirt like, for you. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Yeah, that's that's insane. Some pe- you know what? What you're saying is like so true. I, I'm not gonna lie. When you first talked, you the very you said when you were 14, your mom was diagnosed with MS, and there was one other thing I cannot a remember. breakup, a breakup. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, I was like, that sounds situational. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then I also and sometimes had, situations can spark things for sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, I also had a friend though in college where she went through her first heartbreak. And she also had a close family member die. And she also had a personally very traumatic situation. And like two months later, you know, she was like, I'm just sad all the time. And then she had her doctor put her on antidepressants. And I remember having this talk with her with her where I was like, you know, what you're going through right now, like, is depressing. Like, yeah, you're but experiencing is it depression. You're experiencing grief. Yeah. And like a grief is something that all humans experience. And so there are highs and lows in the human experience, you know? And then there are, there is, and then there is mental illness. And sometimes the two coincide. Well, I think Mm -hmm. that if you met me when I was 13, you could say that it was brewing. 
So I was like reading Allen Ginsberg and like locking myself in my room and like writing poetry and feeling really deep about certain things and like taking things a little bit too hard than I that I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I always say that all of my responses to my life's events are disproportionate to what they really are. So when something that makes sense, does that make sense? Yep. So when something bad happens, like the same bad thing happened to Maddie, our mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and she has had a completely different reaction than I had. I had the reaction to go cut myself and throw up in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which is so extreme. So my reactions to life events and to non-life events, just randomly, are so extreme mm-hmm. that they're not what's considered quote unquote normal. Yeah, and right. it's so tricky because then some people might be like, well, I'm not experiencing that extreme of a reaction, so do I not have yeah. and you know yeah. I think probably it's, the takeaway is like talk to a professional. Yes. For sure. But I think I think too though, like like it's like anything, right? So obviously there was something lacking in our system where there were these people who had mental illness disorders. And so it wasn't, there was nothing, there were no availabilities for people. It wasn't spoken about. So now all of a sudden we've opened the door to the conversation. So then you have the, the words and the terms and maybe the medication does sometimes get abused. But I think with anything, when the dial is turned, it's always turned a little bit extreme. Yeah. So it can turn back. A so little it can bit come back a little bit. Out. So it's almost like, I totally get what you're saying. Thing yeah. Because I know sometimes when I'm looking, I'm going like, that's not bipolar disorder. And I'm judging it, which, you know, again, that isn't right because it may, it might as well be, or may as well be. But, um, I think that's just like how everything is. Um, people are going to take it a little bit extreme, but you know, rather, rather it be an option, rather more people be saying like, I have depression and anxiety totally. and it You're not right. be, you know, rampant. And then hopefully it dies, like dials back just a little bit. You're right. You no, know? it's totally true because what's like the worst case scenario, people are going to say that they have anxiety and depression when and they, they don't. don't. Yeah. Like what's, what's so, you know, at the end of the day, what's so bad at, about yeah. that? As it's, long as people it's somewhat are, normalizing it in a way. I think in a so. Weird yeah. way. As long as like you said, everyone is taking responsibility, like for their actions when they can. And but like, everybody, I mean, if you experience a death that's really close to you, you're going to dip into a depression. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. That's going to happen to you and you're going to walk through that and you're going to hopefully come out the other end. But that's something that's really real and should be honored. Does that mean you have a mental illness? Maybe, maybe not. And even if not, you might need help you to might get need help your yeah. daily life you might 100%. need medication to keep going to work yeah. which are and fulfill 100%. obligations that are expected yes. of yeah. you yes because grief is not linear yes 100%. that's another thing that mm-hmm. we can do a whole other podcast about that but mm-hmm. grief is not linear you're not people no. oh, man Ugh, this is like personal experience for me you should not assume that someone a year after someone's death is doing better mm-hmm. than two weeks after and yes. in fact sometimes it can be the opposite and yeah. sometimes Amen. yeah but yeah (laughs) i hear my baby yes (laughs) that was a truckload of info we could definitely do like a um, part two yeah oh absolutely so broads um you know we really hope that this was um beneficial in some way the point is 
the classic, but for real, check on your friends, whether they be the ones that have the mental illness or they're the ones who are taking care of those with mental illness. Um, please check on your friends, take care of yourself, go see a therapist, have ask, honest conversations, exactly, have honest conversations, ask for help, be the annoying one to your doctor, all these things. Um, yeah. Please, please, yeah. it's worth it. It's Thank worth it. Thank you guys so much. Thank for you coming. so Thank much, you guys, for Thank you for having, having us. us. Just two gems, two Jewish gems who I adore. <laughs> that is my favorite phrase. <laughs> two Jewish gems. Should that's we change, your, that's change your other name? podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say we need to change our name <laughs> to Two Jewish Gems. That's that's like, I want that on a T-shirt. I so know. make sure you check out these Jewish gems on their podcast. Okay, sis. I swear we don't just talk about mental health. <laughs> we talk no. about a lot of things lots it's silly. of great it's great topics so check them out and yeah thank you thank you yeah, thank you guys so much for having us i really yeah. loved it Aww. i'm glad we could have this yeah. conversation are we broads right. now yeah. oh, oh we're broads. You were broads when you walked the in the moment door. you walked in i'm definitely a trotty broad <laughs> two jewish broads <laughs> perfect like adding the jewish yeah, it's just, <laughs> just, it's just so powerful <laughs> two jewish broads two jewish <laughs> love anyway thank you guys so much and thank you for having us chat soon Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What is the best university ever? Welcome to Iowa, where you can write your own story. Choose from over 200 areas of study, including a dozen programs ranked in the top 10. Roll up your sleeves and try something new. You never know where it might take you. This story is written, directed, and produced by you. Learn more at uiowa.edu. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit